ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, April 22nd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories it is. The original light beer coming up on the program today. We're going to talk a little Marshall football with you. We'll be speaking with Marshall long snapper Matt Beardall. He'll be joining me on the program here in about 10 minutes, so looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll get you caught up in all the news of the day. Maybe we'll get some things in here that aren't newsworthy as well. It's all on the table today on this edition of the show. First of all, we're keeping an eye on how college athletics continues to be impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic And in a teleconference with the media, the athletic director for Louisville announcing plans to furlough as many as 45 athletic department employees for a minimum of 60 days. They were given 30 days notice on Wednesday. These furloughs can be extended uh, or it can end early. However, they decide about um, 40 additional positions were cut. But the contracts are going to be honored through June 30th. Without football, Louisville is set to lose about 40 to 45% of its revenue budget. The worst case scenario, if football was canceled, is that Louisville could lose up to $50 million from its budget. So they're trying to get ahead of the issue. They've got a big budget to deal with. They have a season that we're not sure we're going to have. That's where we stand right now. And speaking of, are we going to have a season? The consensus seems to be, yes, there is going to be a season. I don't know what that season is going to look like, and that seems to be also the consensus. But it seems that 99% of the football bowl subdivision athletic directors polled by stadium believe a season will be played in one form or another. The question is, when will that season take place? That's the big question. We've got four months until the start of college football. Four months. About 75% of the athletic directors believe that the season's going to be delayed. One Power 5 AD said, given the medical and governmental leadership options, or opinions, I'm sorry, Given the medical and governmental leadership opinions, it is reasonable to believe some compromise to the start of the season lies ahead. Now, 61% of the athletic directors predict that the season won't start until October or November, while 14% think the season won't begin until the spring semester in January or February. One Power 5 athletic director doesn't expect the season to be played at all because of the impact of COVID-19. Of course, you can read more. This is Brett McMurphy's work over on Stadium. It's an optimistic number. 99% think, yes, we're going to play. And then you get down to, don't know when, but we're going to play. My question is, is the drive to play stronger 
because there's so much money involved. This isn't a situation where you can just say, okay, we're going to have to take this one off. We're going to have to just say, for the sake of everyone, for health concerns, we're just going to have to take this one off. And to be honest with you, I don't know what college football is going to look like in this new reality because what kind of guidelines will we have when it comes to stadiums, the fans in stadiums? What kind of social distancing will we see? How many fans will be allowed in stadiums? How far apart will fans have to be? The gathering, because you've got tailgating as well, tailgating a big part. And will there also be maybe some restrictions on tailgating itself? Because let's be quite honest, a lot of people tailgate, they don't come in the stadium. It's a known fact. You know it to be true. A lot of fans come tailgate. They'll tailgate on lots. They'll gather. They'll have big gatherings, and they're cooking out, and they have great spreads, and it's all college football, the atmosphere, the pageantry, all of that. And what's going to be the decision here on, okay, you can come to the game, but we're not going to have any of this tailgating stuff. We're not going to have this gathering because there is zero social distancing going on on that tailgate lot. And that's not just Marshall. That's across the country. Zero social distancing happening. So do you want to have a situation where you're still in a, well, there's an opportunity for the virus to continue. You put yourself in risk because you're tailgating, because you're not adhering to social distancing guidelines. And then you go watch a football game. That's the question, or those are the questions that need to be answered. How are you going to do this? How are you going to go about this? What does the season look like? Do you have fans? Do you play the season with limited fans? Do you rely on television? And some, I believe this, some of the schools can probably get by reduced capacity. They could get by with television. Television money, because if we have televised sporting events, a lot of people are going to be watching. And so the television revenue should be fine because advertisers are going to, well, a lot of advertisers, anyway, are going to latch on to that. That's live programming. It's athletics. And I'm sure revenues are going to be reduced. I don't have my finger on the pulse of everything. So, again, educated guess. I'm willing to hazard it. Maybe some of the schools can get by. Other schools, however, maybe not so much because television revenue is not a big part of their budget. NCAA money was a big part of their budget coming from the NCAA tournament and the loss of the tournament and just the way that the NCAA has managed its money has pretty much prevented a big payout. So athletic departments right now losing out on some of that revenue. I don't know what we're going to see. We could see guidelines loosened up. We could see guidelines stay in place. We could see more draconian measures. It just depends. And we don't know what the fall is going to look like. We don't know what the winter is going to look like. Will there be a resurgence? Will there be another wave? All of this factors into this. So we don't know when the season is going to be played. And honestly, I never thought in my wildest imagination that every day I would have to really become educated on a medical pandemic in concert with this show. So it's been enlightening. I hate the fact that I've had to enlighten myself in this way in so many regards, but at the same time, we don't know what's going on right now. So, unfortunately, we sit, we wait. I guarantee you, 
if there are no students on campus, there's no football. I can't see a scenario. And I don't know if, if it's going to happen. If it is, I will be surprised. I will be personally surprised that if we have a scenario in which there are no students on campus and we have college athletics. I just don't think it works that way. When we come back from break, we're going to turn our attention to Marshall football. Let's talk a little positive now. Let's get a little happy here. We got Marshall long snapper Matt Beardall. He's joining me on the program next here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And it's a pleasure to welcome to the program now Marshall long snapper Matt Beardall. And Matt, we've been uh, talking to a lot of guys who are getting ready for the NFL draft, just dealing with life in quarantine. So I guess that's the best place to start with you. How are you dealing with uh, everything that's uh, happened with this new reality? Well, first, I want to thank thanks for having me on. And it's definitely been different, definitely been a little bit of adjustment, but uh, I think I've managed it pretty well. I'm down home in Maryland, Florida, so my brother's home too from school, so we've been working every morning, been working out at night, and made a pretty good adjustment to it. That was going to be my next question. How are you keeping up on a daily basis? Uh, it's tough for a lot of athletes to work out at home, you're seeing some of the NBA athletes maybe not having the right gear to keep up and keep in shape. I mean, how's that working out for you? For sure. Well, for snapping reasons, we only need a football. So that's the pretty normal for most snapping three, four times a week. And then in the last month or so, we were able to find a uh, at-home uh, bench and a rack of weights. So we've been able to start getting some weight room stuff and kind of getting back to normal on that stuff and more conditioning and stuff. So we're we're doing, making the most of it. How's this whole process been for you? You're, of course, getting ready for the NFL draft the way the rest of us are. And, of course, this is going to be a, a unique experience, a made-for-TV event, which is pretty much going to look like a Zoom conference call. But it's really, I think, restricted a lot of what happens with the NFL draft. You can't go and work out for teams. You can't go and be seen. Luckily, Pro Day, of course, happened sooner than later, so thankfully yeah, you had for that. Sure. So, thank God every day we had our program when we had it, and that's the biggest blessing of this whole thing, and kind of what me and my agent will just talk about almost every day, just I had a pro day, and not a lot of schools did. They have all my film. I had a really good pro day, so we're kind of using that to our advantage. Obviously, I feel bad for the other kids that didn't get one, but when it comes down to it, kind of got to be a little greedy and take what you can get. Talk about that process uh, with an agent now, and you don't have the face-to-face contact. You don't have a combine. How does all of this work? Is, is it a lot of conference calls? Is it a lot of working with your agent, going yeah. through him? Yeah, going through him mostly. We've been FaceTiming stuff almost every day, staying in constant, talk, constant contact. I'll shoot him videos and be snapping once or twice a week so he can just send it out to the teams that are contacting him. And it's just kind of having good communication between the two of us and kind of and staying in contact with the teams and stuff. So it's been pretty good. Joining us on the program, getting ready for the NFL draft, which happens tomorrow night. You can hear it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 is Marshall long snapper, Matt Beardall. Now you've got some pretty good footage, I'm sure on tape, because uh, there is a guy that uh, you snapped for, for a couple of years and 
you know, he made some highlight reels. Um, yeah, I forget his name top of my head. Uh, he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember his name either. Uh, I think it starts with a J or something. I'm not really sure. So no, but Justin's been great through this whole process. He came to us two years ago when into my junior year. He was in his junior year right after Bedvick left, and it's, I've got to snap the two pros pretty much. I mean, Justin's not a pro yet, but he will be in a couple days. And Bedvick's a pro. He's been through multiple teams and stuff, and knows how to, how it goes. And that's kind of how we approach special teams at Marshall. Kind of just treated like the pros. And Doc does a great job of recruiting guys in there and scheme-wise, and been really successful the last couple of years. Do you tell people, hey, look, I, I snap for pros, so I can make your kicker a pro, too. That, Is that the pitch? That's definitely, uh, that's definitely what, one of the pitches I've used, because Bedvik was a kicker his uh, one his last year here. He punted for two years, and I filmed with two seasons snapping to Bedvik, and then filmed two seasons snapping to Justin, so the scouts have seen the film and stuff. I know I played in 46 games, and so it's all good. What's the reality for someone at your position? Now, unless the Bengals decide they're going to pick you with the first uh, pick instead of that quarterback that everyone's talking about, uh, you, know, you got to wait a while before they get to your position because you're pretty much more of a a need position maybe. Uh, you know, how how's that work for, yeah, for guys yeah. in your spot? So kind of what I've been told, and it's like a lot of the teams will use their late-round picks on their – on their just filler position. So some teams are going to take kickers and stuff. Some teams are going to take punters. And it's probably in the last 10 years, it's averaged out to be one snapper a year. And I, I don't see myself in that spot being the snapper that's being drafted. So when the draft ends up, it's usually about an hour to two hours after the draft finishes. Teams will get on the hold doing uh, undrafted free agent contracts and working mini camp invites. So that's kind of when I'm expecting to get a phone call right around there. For someone in your position, then it's, sort of better in a way because you have a little control of where you might go if there's multiple teams interested. For sure, for sure. For sure. It's kind of like college recruiting almost. In fact, four years ago trying to pick a school, now you can fit the team that fits best for you. Joining us on the program, Marshall Long Snapper, Matt Beardall, getting ready for the NFL draft. And just the fact that we don't have sports now, how extra exciting is this for you? Because – one, you're going to watch, see how this unfolds. You're hoping to play in the NFL. And two, like many of us, we understand the gravity of the situation going on right now, but we don't have sports to be our escape. And other than maybe ESPN's documentary on Michael Jordan, we haven't really had anything fresh or new for a month. Finally, we've got something that, as sports fans, we can hang on to. Now, yeah, you're, not, you're right about that, where ESPNU has been doing a pretty good job at night playing replaying old college football games from times where I might not remember the other night they had a, a Florida Florida State game on back when uh the wide receivers coach Dallas Baker made a nice touchdown grab and Florida ended up winning that game so that was a pretty cool game to watch any games you're looking for or that you haven't seen yet that you might want to see a replay of any particular herd games you like them to maybe uh, throw up uh nothing really in particular I kind of just like watching whatever on doesn't care what team it is i just like watching football love football you mean you wouldn't want to see one of the networks throw up marshall western kentucky and just so you can see western kentucky get drilled by a, a, a long field goal you wouldn't want to see that classic yeah that i see that clip probably on twitter probably at least once a day and i it doesn't bug me at all and i love it doesn't get old that's what i tell people Never gets old. I tell people, people are like, oh, the Western Kentucky game has to be your favorite game from the season. I tell them, no, I think 
being a Florida boy, beating FAU at home and beating FIU up at uh, Marshall is probably my two favorite games of the season. So, Joining us on the program, he is Marshall long snapper Matt Beardall. Getting set for the NFL draft, it begins tomorrow. Again, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you would just talk a little bit about your career, fortunately for you, your college football career concluded the way you hope. Maybe you didn't like the outcome, but still it concluded on its own terms, the way it's supposed to. And and now I'm sure you're seeing as much as we are spring sports canceled, high school athletics across our area and across the country being canceled. If you could just talk a little bit about that, the fact that right now sports is supposed to be our, our go-to when we look for an outlet. And now it's it's just I don't know how to describe it because these young men and women who play sports are having their seasons taken away. Oh, I, I, I feel I feel terrible, especially for the high school students too. It's you got baseball season, you got softball season, you got uh, lacrosse season, and I played lacrosse in high school, and lacrosse season was one of the funnest times. And my brother would play baseball, and his senior year they made a run in the in the playoffs and beat the number two team in the country and ended up losing in the state finals. But not all the kids are going to get those runs or not get their senior nights. Don't get good don't get the prom or the graduation and it's just it's a tough situation really feel bad for them yeah that's the big thing these kids are missing out on all those experiences and i know sports teaches adversity and how to deal with it and we all understand that but still you feel bad for these kids and i mean even where you're at right now we're waiting for the draft then we're waiting to see what happens after the draft and then we're waiting to see if we're going to have a football season I mean, there's so much uncertainty right now. We might, you might there's get drafted. So much uncharted waters too. For sure. So, because usually the weekend after the draft is the first set of mini camps. The next two weeks after is the second set of mini camps. So, the NFL really hasn't came out and said what they're going to do about that yet on dates or times. And they're kind of all virtually now doing meetings. I talked with Ryan B the other day, and he's having meetings every afternoon. Anything you can share from those meetings? What they're talking about? Uh, he just said they're getting to know their new coaching staff and stuff, kind of and reintroducing the new playbook and stuff. And he said he's really happy with his coaching staff and the playbook he's received so far. He feels really good about his situation. And that's the thing. Um, the situation's changed for everyone as well because the XFL, that was a, I thought mm-hmm. was going to be a great option for a, I thought a, it was going to be a great option too. thought it would be a possibility if the NFL didn't work out. I would not have mind playing in the XFL because it would have gotten me some live snapping reps, would have gotten me to play football again, and could have used it to maybe put more film out there for the NFL. Really disappointed about that league. Yeah, and that's the thing. Film's important. You know, you got the Canadian mm-hmm. Football League as well, but the XFL was probably closer to the NFL style than the Canadian League is. For sure. And you look at teams and stuff, they're recruiting heavy off those old XFL teams. A lot of guys are getting signed up and getting picked up and I saw where one team has already signed 10 XFL guys. I think it was maybe Carolina. Marshall long snapper Matt Beardall joining us on the program. The draft is coming up tomorrow night, and he's going to be following along as well as we all are, hoping that uh, we see some Marshall players taken in various uh, parts of the drafted. One guy that we're, of course, going to be keeping eye for is the guy that uh, you snap for, and there's a few other guys as well that you've been with. Just if you would talk about these uh, this class, uh, I think we really have some guys that are coming out of this uh, class going for the next level that maybe could make it either be drafted late round or a lot of free agency afterwards. 
For sure. For agency is the really biggest part because you kind of get to pick with situation. But with guys like Levi or Channing Hames, they, if they're at a free agent market, their agents do a good job of figuring out which scheme they fit best into. Then you get them in a camp and everyone, all the herd fans know at least how they play. They're balls to the wall guys, really good football players, and they can just go get after it and have a chance to go make a team. So with Justin, we'll see where Justin ends up. I don't know if he's drafted or not. I think he's happy with whatever happens. He just wants to go get in the camp and kick the football. Are you keeping up with those guys? Uh, I know with sports being on hold, and I know what the NCAA is allowing with uh, the guys that are still on campus or off campus now. And what are you guys doing? You know, the guys who who have graduated, left, or or getting ready for the draft. Are you guys keeping up with each other best you can? Yeah, as best we can. A lot of our us guys will play Xbox with each other at night and stuff. So that's kind of our good way of communication. Me and Justin will talk every other day or every day, just kind of whose team's been contacting you, what are you doing different, what kind of workouts are you doing, just kind of stuff like that, just staying in constant contact. Okay, so i got to know, what's your go-to on Xbox? Uh, I would have to say Fortnite would be my go-to. Why is that everyone's go-to? I mean, it, it seems like that game has been out for 12 years now. Why is that everyone's go-to? It does seem like, but uh, we have a nice little squad that we can play up with. Uh, Ryan B. will play with me, Jackson White, our old holder, then uh, Robert Lefevre, the punter, will all get on and play together, and it's a pretty good time. Okay, so you guys are streaming that stuff, right? Because I know Herd fans would probably love to check that out. No, we're not streaming it yet. I'm, I'm sure we can make it happen if we were streaming it. It would be a content gold mine if you did, just because we don't have anything, man. That... It really would be. Now, we, actually, me and Ryan actually talked about that the other day about one of us streaming and stuff. It was pretty funny. You know, Amazon's just a few clicks away. You guys get a couple of microphones. You're all set. You're ready to go. You're right about that. Yeah, I talked to Tavion Kinsey and I asked him if he's playing 2K with uh, with some of his teammates, and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't play that anymore. You know, I play with my little brother. That's it. I mean, maybe the football guys are different. You guys are owning it. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Call of Duty is another big game and stuff, which a lot of the guys will play that too. Okay, so you – I want to see you, Justin. I want to see Levi. I want to see you guys all squad up. That I would I would watch that Twitch channel. <laughs> oh, man, that would be funny. I, Justin, Justin's not the best at Fortnite, I'll be honest. He's played a couple times. He is, he's not an Xbox type of guy. He does, Justin does play NASCAR on his Xbox. He has a steering wheel, he has the whole setup, and he gets pretty into his NASCAR on his Xbox. Okay, so he didn't tell us all that when we talked to him. So I, I need some details because iRacing, I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I'm digging the iRacing. So and I'm, I'm watching it more and more. Yeah, I, I haven't paid any attention to that. I've kind of just seen it on Twitter here and there and not a, not a whole lot about it. But I definitely have heard about it. He sent a couple pictures of his setup, and it's pretty good. So this could be a career for for Justin if the NFL gets a little too old for him. He could just get an I rig uh, set up and go yeah, he racing. Might have, he loves. Uh, there's uh, in a couple towns over in Ohio. There's a dirt track that Justin would always go to over the summer on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and he would just watch the the cars race because I guess where he's up in uh, his hometown in New York, they have a bunch of dirt track races. Joining us on the program, Marshall Long Snapper Matt Beardall. We're getting all kinds of crazy details, not on just Matt, but his teammates as well. Yeah, so you're playing the Xbox. Anything else that you've been doing or starting to do since you've had this new dynamic with your time? I know working out, keeping in shape, getting ready is key and keeping that focus. But 
with extra time on your hands now, other than the Xbox, have you found yourself maybe reading more, doing something new creative? Uh, I'm still finishing up my schoolwork and stuff because I graduate here next week, and uh, I've been fishing a lot too. Joining us on the program, Marshall Long Snapper Matt Beardall. You caught anything big worthy of a fishing competition? Uh, I hooked up to a nice tarpon a couple weeks ago, but didn't get it to the boat. It was probably a nice 40-pound tarpon. Uh, snapped my line and stuff, but it's I've, I've some, caught some smaller trout and redfish and stuff like that. So that could be a career for you afterwards, a professional fisher after, uh, after football. Yeah, I would done. not mind a uh, professional fisher. No, that wouldn't be a bad gig at all. Matt Beardall joining us, Marshall's long snapper, going through the NFL draft process. Hey, man, um, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see where you hook up. Uh, if I don't, I know you really can't call your shot, but if you had any uh, any opportunity to pick where you could go, is there any team that maybe you you would dream to play with more than another? Well, as of yesterday, I wouldn't mind going to the Bucks. They got a nice little team cooking down there. You mean the Patriots, right? That's, that, that's just the Patriots <laughs> down south. No, no, no. They're the, they're the Bucks now. So, kind of grew up as a Tampa Bay fan a little bit. It's only two hours from there. Uh, so, always would follow the Bucks. Never been a huge NFL fan, but they were always the ones to follow. So, talk to me about that process then. We, we talked about your agent and how it works after the draft. You can you say, hey, can you get me in Tampa Bay if there's all possible? Do you make that phone call and say, hey, I have a preference here if, if possible? Uh, not really. It kind of depends on the situation with the team. Some long snappers that they used last year are locked into contracts. So you kind of don't want to get into a team where they owe the long snapper a ton of money because they're just not going to eat all that money. So you want to get into a team where there's no guaranteed money so it doesn't hurt them to cut their snapper. Okay. I'm I'm rooting for the Bengals, man, just because I'm a Bengals fan, so I can come see you. But that's just me. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. I I'll go anywhere. I don't, I could care less. Matt Beardall joining us. Go. Matt Beardall joining us on the program. Hey, I'm excited for you. Uh, I know it's going to be a big uh, weekend for you. I can't wait to uh, find out where you're going to be and to start following you. And hopefully, uh, we're talking about football here in the next few months, and uh, we get past all of this, and uh, we're looking and seeing what you can do on Sundays. Sounds good. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Matt. That is Matt Beardall. He is getting ready for the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. And, you know, maybe my Bengals? I don't know. That's where I am shooting for. We're going to take our next break, come back, and we will carry on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. So we've been keeping an eye on everything that's been happening with the NCAA, of course, pro sports as well. I think more focused towards college just because it's a little bit more in our wheelhouse. And it seems that more leagues are starting to do what the group of five leagues have asked for, and that's request some relief. And it seems that they're all unified now. I mean, that's the big thing here. It's not, okay, hey, we're asking. It's, no, it, it seems like it's a united front. So, it looks like the remaining 22 Division One conferences outside of the Power Five, they have joined up. They basically have 
signed on with a group of five, and they're requesting that the NCAA relax its requirements for membership. And what does that mean? That means minimum number of sports a school must sponsor and the number of games teams must play. Those are all big components because if you don't have to fund a a certain sport for a couple of years, you can do away with it and then bring it back if that's what they're going to do. And I'm sure each institution will be different. You can save some costs there. Travel, if you can limit the the main thing here is travel. If you can limit how many games you're required to play, and if you're smart about this and you do it in sort of a geographic pod, if you can, that would be huge. I mean, they're looking basically to figure out how to operate without penalty and attempt really to save most of what's going on here in the athletic department. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. I don't think it's... um, I don't think it's smart to just give a blanket waiver for four to six years. I think you should just limit this because it would be temporary relief. So if you got to reduce a sport for a couple of years, you got to bring it back. If you have to change scheduling, I get that. I understand that. But I don't want to see – and now – It doesn't matter what I want to see. It matters what the budget says we can have, but I I don't want to see sports cut. I'd hate to see that. I know the realities, though. Football funds a lot of this, and if you can't fund it, you can't have it. And I completely get this. So uh, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. Unfortunately, reality is going to dictate that. There's going to be some job loss. There's going to be furloughs. I get that. There are going to be student-athletes that are going to find that One day they're at school with the team. The next day they're looking for either another school so they can continue their athletic career or hopefully that they get to stay at that school, finish out their education, if really the education was their main goal. Because here's a a novel idea. Sometimes student-athletes use athletics to get their education, and then they are done. So difficult times. I'm really... We're trying to put our heads around all of this, try to figure out what's the best scenario because at the end of the day, a lot of the jobs are going to be on the line. And I know that if football doesn't happen, a lot of things stop. It does major damage to college athletics and the athletic departments across the country. I hope that we come out on the other side of this and there is a renewed focus on maybe figuring out what's broke in this system and using this as the launching pad to fix it. Using this as the opportunity to maybe figure out what do you really need? What really needs to happen? What can you do with and what can you do without? Do you have to have arms races for facilities because athletic departments don't have these reserves. They can't stockpile the cash because they're out spending it. A lot of departments are spending it to keep the athletic department running on a day-to-day basis. A lot of athletic departments, arms race, facilities, everything you can possibly come up with to try to best the other schools. This school has 
a state-of-the-art weight room. Well, this school now has a state-of-the-art weight room and a sauna and a waterfall. You see where I'm going with this? Luckily, I don't have to worry about the headache of trying to figure this out. That's the blessing for me. I don't have the headache. So I tip my camp off to people like Mike Hamrick, who working every day as an athletic director to try to make everything work and try to figure out what's the best, really, what's the best path for the athletic department. So that's that's where, unfortunately for him, he's got to deal with that on a daily basis, especially with this situation now. And I tip my hat off to him and all the athletic directors, really, because a lot of them are trying to figure out how do we make this work. Some of them have the luxury of not having to worry about the ding that the money is going to put on the athletic department. Others are just figuring out, okay, can we keep the doors open? So it varies by athletic department. We will come back and we will carry on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. That, the phone number presented by Miller Lite. We appreciate Miller Lite bringing us today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, you know my passion is hockey. I love hockey. It's been my go-to sport since a child. And there are two things going on in the hockey world. The amusing one is tonight that Wayne Gretzky, arguably the greatest player of all time in hockey, and I'm sorry, Jordan fans, he's the only guy I can put in the conversation. If you want to go goat versus goat, I got to bring Gretzky into the conversation. Plain and simple. I just got to bring him in. And those guys, I think they, they were friends, so it's cool. But the greatest of all time in hockey, number 99, the great one. Uh, he has been following Alex Ovechkin's path towards possibly breaking his all-time scoring record. Now, it's very tough to score goals in hockey, and Alex Ovechkin's one of the best. And so those two have formed a friendship because with, I think, a lot of guys – you see somebody who's maybe coming close to their record. Maybe you're rooting for him, kind of, but you're not. Wayne Gretzky's like, hey, great. He's going to come close to my record. He's going to break my record. That's great. He's excited for Alex Ovechkin if he can reach that plateau. And so those two have got a friendship going on. Well, they've got together, and they're going to play NHL 20 tonight on the Washington Capitals Twitch channel. Now, the Capitals have been really proactive as far as the eSports. They kind of believe that, you know what, we're going to try to hook some people. We're going to hook them with the video games. We're going to push the, I guess, the footprint of hockey a different way, get people excited about it. If they're playing NHL 20, if they're into it, they see it. Maybe they'll come to a hockey game. Maybe they'll fall in love with the real thing. They've been really proactive about it. So they're going to do this for charity. So the great one versus the great eight. It's tonight at 8 o'clock on the Capitals Twitch channel. I might look at a little bit of that, maybe. We'll see. I think it's cool, though. I really do. Now, the NHL, and this ties into the NBA a little bit as well, but the NHL is really looking for an opportunity to get going again. The Stanley Cup 
one of the greatest trophies of all professional sports, and you don't want to have a season where you don't award it. You don't want to have that. So it looks like the NHL, they've come up with sort of the groundwork a little bit for a plan, and they're working with the NBA as well because the NBA and the NHL, they share a lot of the same real estate as far as cities, arenas are concerned. And I've always felt that those two leagues have done well working with each other. That way you can have hockey, you can have NBA going on at the same time. Really not too much crossover, especially when you get down to the Stanley Cup finals in the last few weeks of the playoffs for both the NBA and the NHL. Now, in a conference call today, there is an opportunity to start the league in July, according to a conference call today. Florida Panthers president Matt Caldwell said. He said that the NHL is looking to restart this season in July. And that is according to the Miami Herald. So July is the target date. The goal is, quote, to finish the season in some way, shape, or form. So they want to finish the season. Do you start directly in the playoffs? Do you expand the playoffs? Do you play the regular season out. And, of course, they're working with the NBA as well because they believe that once it's safe to bring players back to practice facilities, get them back on the ice, get people back in the arena, um, they can start going again. And if they play, they think that they're going to have either an empty or limited arena format. I don't know what a limited arena format would look like because what's the social distancing going to look like there? I mean, will spectators be require are all spectators be required to wear masks? I mean, keep that in mind. I mean, the mask pretty much keep you from giving someone else the virus. I mean, unless you've got high grade stuff, and even then, but you're wearing the mask to. It's a buffer. I mean, because really, I when I go to the grocery store, let me tell you, some of you are not practicing anything good. You're getting close to people. You're not wearing your mask. If you don't have a mask, I understand. I get that completely. But still, some of you don't understand what six feet really means, even if there are signs on the floor. Just my aside here. But most people are wearing masks because trying to limit exposure and contact. Would that be what we see in a limited arena format here? And here's the other kicker. There's thoughts that we're going to see – one arena per division. So everybody in one division is going to play in one arena. And I'm kind of curious what is going to have to happen here. How much of a quarantine are we going to see these players live under? Because I'm pretty much sure that if you bring athletes back, you're going to have to isolate them. You're going to have to isolate them from the majority of people. You can have support staff, coaches, and all of that, but those people are going to have to isolate as well. And you're going to have to see them away from their families. And then I would think after a team's eliminated, they're going to have to quarantine a little longer before they go back to their families because at least the NBA players and the NHL players have been self-quarantining. It's it's more of a recommendation. They've been asked to self-quarantine. And I believe everyone's been doing that. So they're quarantining themselves right now. They're not introducing if they've been really smart and safe about this. They're not introducing anything new into that dynamic. Once you go out and you interact with other players again, you have that new dynamic you got to account for. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the 
players associations are going to go with, what the leagues are going to try to do. I'm pretty sure that a lot of this has to do with the fact that, well, we want sports back. The other thing here is the money, the revenue. The pros, I think, can weather this a little bit better than college. And they can also do things like this. That's the thing. The NHL has the ability to do something like this. The NBA has the opportunity to do something like this as well because it's a different beast. You have a little bit more of a unified front when it comes to professional athletics compared to college because college, you have kingdoms, you have conferences, you have athletic directors that are stronger than others or more vocal. You have so many schools and so many restrictions and so many opportunities for this to be fumbled with the pros i'm not saying they're perfect but at the same time you have more of a unified front you have more opportunity to streamline this thing you don't have kingdoms out there you have owners yeah that's i'm sure that's a headache but ultimately at the end of the day i think the leagues have a little bit more opportunity here to do something creative like this like the nfl the nfl's running business right now because of the NFL. Could you imagine the NCAA trying to pull something off like this? I, I don't think you could You could see this happen on this level. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. The NFL draft is tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And, of course, you can listen to that right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.